I watch this think media all the time. We're recording now. And like, you just got to press record. They say that all the time. And I'm like, you know what? That's what I've been doing lately. I just hit record. Cause a lot of times, you know, just as well as I do, um, as a fellow podcaster that you give up a lot of great conversation in a pre-interview. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jason. Happy to be here. Happy to see you again. You too. I, you know, I love being on other people's shows. So if anybody out there is listening, invite me to your show. Cause I could chat about anything for an hour, but I appreciate you coming on and uh, yeah. I will not keep you an hour. I'm going to, you know me, I'm like very right to the point. Yes. And there are no yes or no qu- answers here. <laughs> Claudia. As yes. A- you are right to the point. You, <laughs> yes. You, you like to go after it, dig into it and get it done. Let's talk, you know, you've, you've had a, a, an interesting background to say the least going from an LEO, but living in the circumstances that no LER, no person should ever have to be in. And we're going to start right off the, right off the bat with the tough topics, because I want people to understand where you're coming from and how you survived the difficult situation. Law enforcement officer, domestic abuse survivor. Can you tell me about that? I can. Um, Yeah. So I was putting on a uniform every day and I was a street officer in North Carolina. I was going call to call. Uh, We call it 10 100. I know a lot of people don't use 10 codes anymore, Um, but, you know, we were just running ourselves ragged. And I went to a lot of domestic abuse calls. And I, I remember a few of them even now very specifically. And I would get so angry with these individuals, these victims that I was dealing with, because I could look at them and see more for them and better for them. And I would tell them that. And I remember getting not disrespectful with anybody, but kind of hard with them. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? This isn't fair to you. It's not fair to your kids. You know, what's it going to be like when I have to call your children in New Jersey and tell them you're dead? So these were conversations I was having with people, you know, almost on a daily basis. And at night or in the morning, depending on what shift I was on, I was going home. Uh, I was living with another officer in my department and I was uh, a victim myself. And I I guess I, I kind of saw it and I was kind of in denial all at the same time. You know, my situation was different or I just didn't think enough of myself to care. Like these other people are worth it but I'm not worth it. And so I was putting, I gotta, I gotta stop you right there. The, the, it's not me. It's someone else. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the denial thing. Do you, and you know, I know you're going to tell us the rest of the story, but had, you know, going to those victims and seeing the victims, then you become a victim. And now were you, was this emotional and physical or was it psychological? What kind of abuse was it? It was everything, you know, he was very controlling. Um, He was isolating me from my friends and eventually from my family Um, to the point. I remember being on a a road trip once with my parents in the car and he was in the car and I had a headache and my mom offered me Advil and he said, no, I couldn't take 
the Advil. Um, so he was very controlling about everything. He was financially controlling. Um, I was paying our rent and he was supposed to be making my car payment. Come to find out later, he wasn't making my car payment. So I was basically paying all the bills. Um, he was physically abusive as well. I don't really have to give examples for that. Um, and then just emotionally abusive, you know, abusers really take hold of people by telling them you're not worth it. You're crazy. I'm the best you're ever going to get. You're lucky to have me. And when you hear those things day in and day out, you do start to believe them, even if you are a strong individual. And, and at work, I was, I mean, I was very independent. I was a go-getter. I was very confident. But then when I went home and took that uniform off, I was a different individual completely. It's like you're taking off your armor. Then all of a sudden it's like, you're, you don't realize you're a victim. You realize you're like, Hey, I can't get out of it. And that a lot of people don't understand. It's almost, it's psychological torture and it's criminal behavior. Absolutely. Criminal behavior, not just because he's in it wasn't or is, or was an LEO, but because of the activity he was doing is just, it's, it's criminal. And I'm so glad you're out of that situation now. And I'm so glad you're on that positive step. You've done so much with it, and now it's 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 brought you to where you are now. But before we get to where you're at now, where you're helping victims, how, like, what kind of advice would you give yourself back then? If you could go back and look in the mirror and say, what are you doing? What, what kind of advice would you say? I would say to trust your instincts and to trust yourself and know that you are worth it. Because I think that was the biggest thing is I wasn't worth the time and trouble. You know, I wasn't worth doing anything for myself. So I think that would be the biggest advice is that I am worth it. I am worth happiness. I am worth actual true love. Um, When I left the relationship, uh, I actually went to see a therapist not to heal myself, but to get permission from an outsider to tell me I was doing the right thing. That's how just out of touch and and how much uh, I didn't trust my own instincts in that moment. I do want to point out he is no longer a law enforcement officer. Thank goodness. Um, He was terminated uh, shortly after that because he was falsifying reports. So his kind of greater than life attitude and ego um, spilled over into his work life as well that that ego right there and and that controlling dominant factor i don't know what his issues were i don't want to know anything more about him because this show is about you and he doesn't deserve any more effort the things you say you know giving yourself permission a lot of times you can't get that from friends and family a lot of times they're going to tell you what you want to hear And until you hear it from an outside third party impartial, you don't give yourself permission. That's the same thing when it comes to healing from PTSD or from any other type of trauma. Now, I want to tell everybody out there, if you haven't been to therapy, you're thinking about going to therapy. If you go to the first therapist, the first counselor, the first anything, and you don't like them, go to another one. Keep going. It took me five or six times before I found someone I actually felt comfortable talking to. What was that like getting it off your shoulder and getting that uh, quote unquote validation to move on? 
it was liberating. Um, you know, it, it was exactly what I needed in that moment. And I completely agree with you. I know different people have different feelings on therapy and therapists. I personally think everybody needs therapy, at least at some point in their life. Um, but you're 100% correct. You know, every therapist isn't right for every single one of us in our situation. So don't don't be one and done. Don't give up. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a life it was a life blessing in that moment. That person, you know, was an angel to me and truly gave me that validation and strength that I needed to say, yes, I'm making the right decision. Here I go. I'm going to do this. And I, I never looked back and, and he tried various tactics to, to get me back. Um, but it was kind of like once I had that third party validation, um, I hit the ground running and, and got away. And you found a new mission. And, you know, now we're going to move on to how you help other people, not only through your, your working with uh, nonprofits, but also with your podcast, the Strong Enough Podcast. I've been gracious. You've been gracious enough to bring me on there. I love it. It's, an, it's a great experience. If anybody out there is not listening to it, make sure you pause, go down, click subscribe, listen. And please check it out. It's an incredible. We have a great guest list. Um, everybody except me. And then, um, yeah, you're doing great things. Thank you, Claudia. Why did you start the podcast? Well, first off, thank you for being a guest. You are an amazing guest. Um, I, you know, so last year I did another podcast during Domestic Violence Awareness Month and just had the opportunity to talk a little bit about my own story, but more so just talk about resources that people had available Um for domestic violence. And uh, several months later, the person hosting that reached out to me and said, Hey, um, if you could make your own podcast, like what would it be? And I remember like excitedly and hurriedly like typing something up. And at first I thought, Oh, I just want to focus on domestic violence survivors and, and their stories. But then I realized that that so many of the things that those people suffer are suffered by other traumatic and relationship related incidents, familial abuse, toxic relationships, friendships, like we struggle with all of those relationships. So I built strong enough to be a place where people can come and share their relationship triumphs, basically, you know, and it's everybody from somebody like you who maybe hasn't been through a traumatic experience, but has some great relationship advice to share with other people to somebody who went through childhood trauma or had a difficult family relationship. And it gives those people the opportunity to share their story to help others, but it also helps themselves because they're having that opportunity to share their story. You know, I like it. You are worth it is your tagline. And it's true. You are. A lot of times people fall victim to others, either, whether that's a traumatic event that is out, completely out of their control or, or something from another person where they're causing the abuse. But turning that victimhood into survivor and then as you know, I'm a really big fan of the Liver Fund. It's a not a trafficking organization, counter-trafficking organization to Thriver. That's your new thing. So victim to survivor to Thriver. And that's what you're doing. You took your trauma, you survived it, you moved on, and now you're thriving. You're you're moving on. You're starting the podcast. You're you're thriving with this podcast. People are starting to view it. 
you're getting a lot of subscribers, you're getting a type of validation. What does that feel like? It feels amazing. I have to tell you, I mean, obviously anything, when we start an endeavor, we want it to be successful. You know, we want something amazing to happen, but I truly have been shocked at the level of success that we've seen so far. And, and it's made me so proud. I've had so many people reach out to me in emails and private messages after they see a show and they say, like, I can't tell you how much this spoke to me. I, I felt like they were talking about my situation. And so to know that I truly am helping, even if it's just that one person, it feels like this was my purpose. And I'm so glad that I'm able to do it. You know, I don't think anybody ever wants to go through trauma. Um, you know, nobody wakes up and says, I, I want this terrible thing to happen to me so that I can be good for others. But I'm glad that I have the opportunity to use what happened to me to give others the platform to share their stories and then to give the viewers and the listeners the ability to hear that, yes, I am not alone. There is somebody else like me. Um, I can get out of this situation. Somebody else has done it. I can do it too. And it's, it's beyond that. It's turned into like a therapy session. I, I'm saying this because I it, it is a therapy session to me. Every time I talk with guests, um, I love it. I feel something different at the end of it. Like, oh, I didn't know that. It's like a learning experience, and it's great. I love it. I don't know if you feel you get that same type of. Uh, is it a high or is it an adrenaline push? I don't know what it is, but it's just a really cool feeling. It's all of those things. And I agree with you. It is like a therapy session for me too. Like I can't, I can't say there's been one single guest so far that I didn't end the conversation, not having learned something. Like I learned something from every single one of them as well. So it's super meaningful for me too. I don't have to pay for therapy right now. I just get it with my guests every week. Let's, let's, you know, I'm, I'm reviewing your Instagram because, hey, Instagram uh -oh. is the way of life. <laughs> Kickboxing, boxing, hitting the bag, mm -hmm. getting the stress out, that relief there. Is that a new thing or have you been doing this for a while? So when I was a police officer, um, we actually learned from a Gracie-trained individual. So we learned a lot of ground fighting. And I absolutely loved it. But after having a couple spine surgeries and knee surgeries from being a police officer, I kind of had to let uh, the ground fighting go. Um, but I wanted to do something that made me feel strong and that that gave me kind of that same high. And so I went to boxing and now kickboxing. Um, I love it. You know, it, it does make me feel physically strong, but also mentally strong. I don't know if you box Jason, but um, there's all these combinations. And so as you're running through them and you're tired, it's a real great mental workout as well. And the, the side effects of, you know, getting stronger and, and looking better don't hurt either. So I'm, I'm in love with it. I do yell at my trainers a lot and I do curse them, but they are amazing. So I'm, I'm grateful to have that now. Yeah. My brother's, my one brother was a diamond gloves champ and the other one was a golden gloves. And I used to train nice. in Patterson, New Jersey in a small gym. Okay. Uh, those started, I don't know if you're, I don't know if I'm dating myself, but Abbott and Costello, the comedians from the, the early days, one mm -hmm. of them started 
Lucasello's gym in Patterson. So it's really my cool. dad is from Patterson. So oh, nice. Very yeah, nice. Connection there. Yeah, I keep wondering if it's too late for me to actually like competitively box. I just have to find another old person to box with, I guess. Yeah, just it, there's, <laughs> there's plenty of old people out there. Uh, you know, and it's weird as I get closer to 50, I'm like, what happened to 30 and 40? What right. is going on with my age? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm just sticking with 35 plus. I'm just Thirty-five mm-hmm. with with X years of experience, so you can join me in that endeavor. Hey, you know what? I'm thirty-nine. That's that's my new one. I love it. Love it. I support you. What's next for Claudia? That's a great question. Um, you know, I really want to obviously keep the podcast, get that growing bigger and better. And I want to start some type of relationship wellness coaching. I think that based on what I have been through and what I have learned um, through different relationship challenges that I have the ability to now help other people navigate those tough situations and get to that place of being happier, healthier, loved and loving. So I think that is what's next is I know we're all coaches of some sort these days. It feels like there's a coach for everything. So I'm just going to throw my hat into that ring and be a relationship wellness coach. Uh, and also I really enjoy teaching. So right now I do a lot of like bar training, um, where we're working with bystander intervention, um, things like that, that I enjoy getting out there and just kind of educating the community. So those are, those are what's going to continue from here. I notice a pattern with all podcast hosts. They are, they always have a lot of different missions and a lot of different things going on, which is good. It keeps you, it's that thriving. It really is thriving. I, yeah, I got to give a big kudos out to those those guys for really getting that word in my vocabulary because we're thriving. We're moving on. We're putting missions in front of us, and we're not just always dragging in the past and everything. So how do you feel now? I mean, now that you're moving on, I know I've kind of asked you this before, but how are you mentally right now? Are you feeling good about everything? You know, I feel pretty good about everything. Uh, I don't want to say life is perfect. Um, I still have some some more recent traumas that I'm working through, but I am working through them. And something that I learned a few years ago is the Japanese art of kintsuji. Are you familiar with that? No, nah, tell me. So it is basically the belief that when something is broken, you can actually repair it and it's more beautiful and stronger than it was before. And I I have an actual little dish in my living room um, that I broke and then repaired with a gold leaf glue and put it all back together. So I am I am going to be the living representation of that Japanese art of being broken, but coming back more beautiful and stronger and then giving that gift to other people and helping them do that as well. So, yeah, I'm not perfect. I'm still working through some trauma, but I feel good about it. And I now know that I'm worth working through that trauma and I'm worth doing that hard work. And that's a place you know, 10 years ago, I never thought I would be. I do remember a post about that and seeing it. So I do remember that now. So everybody check that out as well. We're going to end the interview there. And I'm going to tell everybody right now, 
Strong Enough Podcast, Claudia King. Subscribe and review. Listen to an episode or two and then review it. Claudia, I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much, Jason. I appreciate you and uh, everything you're doing as well. Thank you.